Oh, thank you. Welcome in, everyone, to the latest edition of the Commissioner's Report. It is a Thanksgiving special here in the duplex at Camp Phillip. Gobble, gobble. How are you feeling, Eli? Um, I hate fantasy football. Okay, so. thank you for your yeah. thoughts. Matthew, how are you feeling? Thankful, grateful. So thankful. And we actually have a special guest in studio. She is not going to fall asleep like Cameron did. It is Cassandra Wagner. Cassandra, how are you feeling? Um, I'm great. Just, you know, reading my book on the couch, enjoying y'all's presence. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for being here. An honored guest. Um, this is the perfect time of the show to remind Matthew to try to talk into the mic because, you know, he always has I'll problems try. with that. But, um, so like I mentioned, guys, we're going to have a Thanksgiving special here because we're only going to be able to record one podcast this week. But we have stuff to catch up on. We're going to do both a recap of week 11 and a preview to week 12. There are some huge things going on with the playoffs. We'll get into that later. Uh, Eli, would you like to run through the power rankings? You said there's not much changing this week. So you just want to yeah, run through them yeah. quick and then we can here, get in. I'll post them as I'm talking about them. Um, so some fun things happened this week in the um, last team being myself beat our number one power ranking team, uh, Brownie Thunder. So that was that was pretty wild. Um, that will be reflected in the power rankings, um, but I'll let you guys um, see that live reactions as I post it. Uh, just a second here. All right, here we go. Um, and so that was one of the biggest upsets. Um, <laughs> but uh, some fun matchups Funny. happened. Zero. It's because... You don't yeah, I figured, I figured that it still, you're still worked out. from the playoffs. <laughs> I, I'm not number one, <laughs> but I, I did beat the number one. <laughs> so I just saw it for the first time. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um, and so other things was that um, Balls of Fury beat out for the brand, which that worked out perfectly to our power rankings, as well as JT Worth It just edging out. Uh, go, go, power rankings. Money Asian power rankings. Um, and so those were those were some pretty fun ones. Um, some movement happened. You almost moved up, Kyle, but um, Elijah's team, Elijah's team oh, has you performed still have really Elijah well. Over me. They he just back bumped back up, um, because uh, his team, his starting lineup really, looks really solid. I just mentioned he. To right before we started recording, he doesn't have a lot of depth on his bench anymore. But at this time of the year, you don't necessarily need depth. You just need a really uh, firing uh, starting lineup. Interesting so, that he lost and I won. But, it is know. true, but he did outscore you. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cheetah Girls sadly got bumped down, but it's because they're not going to win a game the rest of the year. Um, but yeah. Um, Jeremiah is technically now last on the rankings, is but he's still a, not spot number 12. Is that a low score of the season? Is 73 the low score? Or did someone no, have a 68? Somebody had a 60-something. I think someone had it in the 60s. But it, man, rough I week. Fact-checked me, but it, that could have been Jeremiah that had rough, a really low week. Rough end of the season for Jerry, for sure. All righty. Those are your power rankings. Jerry had a 67 in week 10. Oh, that's not good either. Um that is true. Justin just said you could also say that you went down 12 spots from 12 to 0. 
That's true. I almost so. I almost put plus or mi- slash minus or 12. Mine. Very funny. Alrighty, guys. We're going to get into those matchups that Eli just talked a little bit about. As I mentioned, there is a ton of playoff implications um, going on here. A lot of really big matchups. One of the more surprising games of the week um, that I'm just going to say is the game of the week was actually between Matt and Cy. Now, the score does not reflect that it was the game of the week. But for most of all of Sunday, Cy was projected to win very handily. And then he had a lot of very late disappointments. So I was banking on Matt losing. Matt pulled off the win. Let's jump into that matchups. Into that matchup. Um, on Matt's side, there has been a somewhat catastrophic injury. Uh, Rex Burkhead is now out of Matt's lineup. And so I guess I want to start talking about Matt's team with his running back spots. He's obviously very strong in James Robinson, um, but who on this team are you playing? Are you going back to starting Jonathan Taylor? Would you have ever benched him to play Rex Burkhead? Why do you think that Matt chose to do that? Uh, comments, anyone, on Matt's running back situation? Um, I would just not have played Rex Burkhead. I, I, regardless of Matt or anyone, I just, why Rex Burkhead? That's the truth. I just wouldn't have played him. Yeah, the the and Jonathan so I Taylor, would have played Taylor over him. The Jonathan Taylor backfield is one obviously to be avoided, but with with the with the capital that Matt has put into him, I don't see why he's not playing him over Burkhead because Burkhead is in a similar situation but on a different team. Um, I I do want to point out to the fact that we can't scoff too much at the fact that Matt has him on his bench because. There, there have been talks of other people saying, "Why not just drop Jonathan Taylor?" Um, those words have been said, and so did I say those, or did uh, it was either you or Matthew? One okay, of, I one probably did. I did not say it. I probably uh, did. It might have been well, We have to say. fact check it. We'll fact check it. That doesn't really matter because Matt's not that silly. He's not going to drop Jonathan Taylor. But it is very strange. Um, I feel like Matt got incredibly fortunate just based on. On all of his decisions, I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about this whole season for Matt. Um, but it worked out for him, obviously. He still won. By the way, the score of this matchup was 125 for Matt and 108 for Cy. Um, some of the bigger performers for Matt, a uh, huge week from Mark Andrews. This is the Mark Andrews we thought we were going to get all season long. He had 20 points, a long touchdown, five catches, 96 yards. Excellent performance. But also, I think more comforting was the big game from Michael Thomas. I didn't get to watch the game, but apparently Taysom Hill set the world on fire. So my question for you is, is are we back to expecting wide receiver one numbers from Michael Thomas for the rest of this season? Or do you think he's going to be inconsistent and peter out in the playoffs? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, Taysom Hill doubled his pass attempts in the NFL in this game. Uh, he had not had that many pass attempts prior. Um, and it was against Atlanta. And so I don't think that you can set your expectations quite to that every single week. Um, I was expecting a little bit more fight out of Atlanta, and we can talk about that game if anybody... I think Jeremiah was playing Matt Ryan, so I can't wait to talk about his stinker of a performance because that is threatening my playoff hopes and keeper. Um, but, but yeah, uh, T- Taysom Hill, I don't think is going to be doing that every single week. Um, but, hey, he, he looked really solid, and he, he was putting together an offense out there. So Matthew, are you riding with... Michael Thomas, 
Or are you uh, yeah, scared of him? Yeah, I think Michael Thomas will be, be real for the rest of the season. I hope so. I really do. Uh, it's good to see him back out there showcasing his stuff. Um, a couple interest, uh, a couple more, I should say, interesting players on Matt's team. James Robinson down week, but that's okay. I think he'll bounce back. He was playing Pittsburgh, so that's what we expect out of that defense. Um, Tyler Boyd has been a very quietly good receiver yeah. this year. He's the wide receiver 12, and he's been incredibly consistent. Um, but the head scratcher to me is, well, f- first off, props to you, Matt, for playing the right defense out of your three defenses. That was a good Second choice. Second time that's happened, I believe. But also, I'm sorry that uh, you played the wrong kicker. So I don't know why you have two kickers. I think that you told us that we were going to wait and see, but so far it's only hurt you. You've only played the wrong one. So a little confusing. Um, anyone else on Matt's team before we jump over to Cy? All right, jumping over to Cy then. It still really is um, just about a two-man team here between Patrick Mahomes and Dalvin Cook. Obviously, Tyler Lockett splashes in there, but it, it's still those two guys. How deep, like, how confident are you in this roster? Where do you have them in the power rankings again? Uh, I have them right in the middle, which is right looking, at at our, looking at it again. He's spot six, and looking at it again, I, I would double down on that. Like, it's, it's got the talent, but Matthew has said it from the very start. If, to play the right people on size team... Uh, is very difficult. And he did it this week. It's, it's getting it easier. It just didn't quite hit. Yeah, it's getting easier for Sai to play the right people because a lot of them are going down um, to injuries or he had a lot of bye weeks. But Kenny Galladay is still out, and that's pretty tragic. And DeAndre Swift, right when he looked like he was going to break out and be a difference maker for the rest of the season, he also goes down, has to miss the game. The Lions look horrible, but at least Swift is limited in practice. So hopefully he'll get back soon. This roster, though, it just doesn't even look like a playoff team to me. And so a few weeks ago, I remember having talked about Cy being someone who we thought was pretty much locked into making the playoffs. And now it seems like Cy might be like my team that's furthest on the bubble. Matthew, where do you stand on that? Do you have him closer to being bounced out or closer to making it? You know, it, it's really unfortunate for him. Like uh, he, he did seem like a lock to me and to us for the week, but... I I don't know that he will beat you this next week, and if that if that's the case that he doesn't beat you, then I'd say his chances are very low. He'll face Chad, of course, in the last week, and his players just aren't doing it. And and so I, like I really think he could be on his way out. I'm terrified to play him though because he has so many players who can put up fifty. Like almost everyone in the starting lineup could put up fifty between Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool, John Smith. There's a lot of talent, and I'm terrified, but I think that you're right. It seems like he's going to be on his way out. It feels like he needs them all to hit on the same week. They all have the potential, but they just don't all hit on the same week. It just kills them. And if he hits, if they all hit next week, I'm done for. But (laughs) That's true. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. So this is huge in the playoffs because it dropped Cy down to 6-5, and which is right around where almost all of our bottom four teams of the playoffs are at is 6-5. and Um, Nikki's calling me. All right, we're back. Sorry, a little bit of an interruption because Matthew had to say goodnight to his beautiful wife. That's okay, though. We're going to jump to our next matchup. It is the tightest matchup of the week and also the highest scoring. It is between, bad time for my app to restart, 
It is between Elisha, the South Dakota standouts, and St. Peter Bigfoot. Justin gets the victory here, 141 to 138, and a heartbreaking loss for Elisha. Really good games all the way around, starting with Elisha. Cam Newton, solid 19 points. Zeke Elliott looked back to form uh, with 19 as well. Tyreek Hill with a huge game, 27. And Devontae Parker with 18. Out of those four options, who impressed you the most and why? Give us the four. Ezekiel Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Parker, or Cam Newton? Uh, Devontae Parker. I have felt that he's kind of a meh, not really sure how to, to take him. And so when he hits big, it's like, oh, good. That's the guy you want him to be. Um, I'm going to go with Cam Newton. He had almost 400 passing yards, which for Cam Newton is extremely impressive. Um, it, it was his second highest yardage performance of the year since week two. Um, so it, 19.2 is not an impressive number uh, for a fantasy quarterback. But for Cam Newton, it, 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 the passing was very promising against a, a pretty porous defense. But um, he, he definitely proved some people wrong with his performance there. Um, I, w- I want to choose Zeke, but I, I can't say that it's surprising given that Andy Dalton's back. But it's, it's definitely a sigh of relief for Zeke owners. Yeah, I echo sure. that. That was kind of my debate, too, was to choose Zeke or not. Because it shouldn't be a surprise, but I've more felt like it must feel good to, to see those numbers with Zeke again. Yep. Tyreek Hill is my choice. In the last three weeks, Tyreek Hill has posted his three highest scores of the whole season with 25, 33, and 27. The target numbers are pretty crazy as well. Only six yeah. in week eight. But with the buy in between in week nine and 11, he had 18 targets in week nine and 14 targets in week 11. It's crazy. They're targeting him like nuts because they realize when you have the fastest man in all of football, you just throw him the ball, throw it up yeah, in the well. air, and he's going to catch it. And he, and he always does, and, which is why he has... Let me see. He has six touchdowns in his last four games. He's on an incredible pace. He's the wide receiver, too. Tyreek Hill is hitting his stride right at the right time of the year for, for the fantasy playoffs. So if, if Elisha can manage to squeak in, which, technically speaking, he is mathematically still in it. If he wins out, he'll end 6-7. and seven. Um, It's a long shot, but that would be very, very cool for Elisha, I think. James Conner, another head-scratcher, though. Jacksonville is not really a good run defense, and he only had 12 points. So... James Conner is continuing, well, really the Steelers in general are continuing to show me that they would rather throw the ball. They have all the weapons. No one's going to stop them when they have five wide receivers on the field. So they're just not really using him. True, but that's 12 of 9 without a touchdown, which isn't horrible. Oh, no, but I'm not even looking at his score. I'm just looking at the way they use him. Like, if he's supposed to be a bell cow running back he should touch the ball more than 16 times a game like sure. in his last in his last three games he's had 11 touches 15 touches and 16 touches that is just not enough to get it done in the nfl um especially for fantasy football so not not impressed by the way that the the steelers have run the ball but also just with the way james Conner has played um Pretty much everyone else on uh, the lineup here was pretty quiet, so let's jump over to the other side of the ball. Ben Roethlisberger, only 16 points, but he got it done. Antonio Gibson, 17. Deontay Johnson, 23. And here's the big one. Keenan Allen with 34 points. 
There were plenty of impressive games, which is obviously why Justin had the second highest or the highest score of the week, I believe. Um, but choose someone out of the lineup. Who who do you who are you the most nervous about? Let's go that way because there's plenty of bright spots on Justin's team. But who on this team are you the most nervous about for the rest of this season? Deontay Johnson. It's the same mm. story. Same story. Great job. Great job. Great job. But. Who knows? Game to game. I don't know. He bit. he really feels like he's he's settled in. Um, granted, they they've got tough matchups against Baltimore and Washington these next two weeks, but it feels like he's he's found his role as the lead uh, wide receiver over there, um, kind of emerging as the go-to before Juju um, and Chase. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I struggle to nervous about him with the performances that he's been putting up the last couple of weeks so who would you say you're more nervous about though of the of the team because that's that's where my picking was was like i don't i don't uh, keenan allen's not gonna get 34 5 every game that's sure that's true but it doesn't make me nervous i wasn't expecting that from him for most games i am at this point i'm almost expecting 20 to 30 from keenan allen every single week the man's been going crazy all season I'm almost nervous for Nick Chubb coming off of just a dismal performance this past week. Um, Is Nick Chubb on his team? Or you mean Kareem Hunt? Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, Brown's running back. They're both the same. Yeah, very um, much. It, it, it definitely should have been a significantly better performance. And so kind of gets me wondering what happened there. Um, I, the way should, I see that. Should get, I, I'm not very nervous about anybody on this team, honestly. Okay. But if there's any nerve, it, it would probably come by Kareem Hunt. It seems like when Kareem Hunt does have his down weeks, it's because he wasn't able to break play in the passing game. And it really just seems to be that's what it hinges on. If Kareem Hunt can make a play in the passing game or if he has like a decent amount of volume catching passes, um, then Kareem Hunt does just fine. But if he can't bust out that big, that big reception, that big screen pass, um, he doesn't often produce, really. Um, at least that's how it's gone so far this season. I think we all believe that he can um, but going back to what we were talking about with Keenan Allen, I think it's w- worth like realizing like just how good Keenan Allen's been. He's the wide receiver three on the season. He had a lot. He has a, he had a 30 point game in week three, but even if you ignore the first five games of the season and just take it from their bye week. So the last five weeks, 22, 21, 25, 12, and 34 with 13 targets, 12 targets, 11 targets, only seven targets, and then up to 19 targets this week. It's his, seven, it's his second game this season with 19 targets. So Keenan Allen, I never expected to say this at the beginning of the year, but in my mind, Keenan Allen is one of the top five receiving options in fantasy football right now for the rest of this season. I cannot think of five receivers that I would want on my team more than Keenan Allen for the rest of the year. Do you guys think I'm overstating that? Or no, I, I don't think you're overstating. I think Keenan Allen, I was, ne- I was very pro Keenan Allen. I, I think that he's excellent. Um, I just wouldn't expect 34 and a half points from him. That was my only point. I, I okay, expect gotcha. amazing things from him. High 20s. Gotcha, gotcha. Same thoughts, Eli? Yeah. Are you bought? So then I guess my question about Keenan Allen is then is like, next year, how is that going to affect his draft price? You know, I don't think anyone's going to rush out there and draft Keenan Allen top five in wide receivers right but what if we should you know where do you think how do you think it will affect him at least in your own personal minds where would you want to draft him 
Just um, off of the top of your head. Probably towards the back of wide receiver ones. In in our PPR league. Like that's it would probably put him towards the beginning of third round. Like right around the wide receiver which, 10, which 11, That's kind of where he's gone in these past couple of years. He's had ups and downs in terms of scoring, but that's kind of I think it's I think that's the right right place for him. Matthew, yeah. would you no, want to draft him? I was going to say end around two ish. Okay. End around two or start of three. It will be very interesting to see, that's for sure. Anyone else on uh, Justin's team here? He picked up Tua. Unfortunately, Tua had a, the worst game of his career. So, <laughs> But he was on his bench. Right, yeah, he didn't play him, but he, he, did, he couldn't play him because he picked him up after the game started. I don't really know how that works, but that's fine. Um, I think that covers it for this matchup. Antonio Gibson had another good week. Should throw that in before, there before we move on. Um. Bouncing to our next highest scoring matchup, uh, not next highest scoring, but our next closest matchup, that would be between myself, the head honcho, and the that hot firefighter. Carter scored 117, and I got 122, and let me tell you what, guys, I was sweating last night, because I was like, there's no way that Cooper Cup gets 30 points, right? That's all Carter needed was Cooper Cup to get 30 points. I was sweating at halftime because Cooper Cup had 19 at halftime, and he ended with 25 and a half. It was close. I would have been heartbroken. Cooper Cup had an amazing game. Huge game. Really, all of the Rams wide receivers did very well. Robert Woods, I believe, had 30. We'll talk about him when we get to to, uh, Matthew's team here. Juju, disappointing performance. Where... I know that we've spent a lot of time talking about the three receivers for Pittsburgh... But at this point, it's clear to me that Juju is the third most productive for fantasy value. Is there any debate there? No, no arguments when it comes to no, Juju? No, I, yeah, I would not push back on that. I mean, it, when it comes down to fantasy points, Deontay is behind both of the other two. Uh, Chase is 20, Juju is 22, uh, Deontay is 30. But that just is because of the injuries. And so take away those injuries. If Deontay has a fully healthy season, he probably is going to be stacked above um, Juju in this case. Yeah, Juju is a is still a plenty usable receiver, but who would you rather start, CeeDee Lamb with Andy Dalton at quarterback or Juju moving forward? Because that's a decision that Carter has to make here. Um, taking matchups into account. Uh, let me look up. While, while you fast. look that up, I'll talk about a couple other people on... Carter's bench, Chris Carson is still out. I thought this was going to be a one-week injury, but it turns out that oh, Chris Carson's is, been missing a lot. This is fun with this combo. Is All right, let's talk Steelers about The Steelers in Week 12-13 play Baltimore than Washington. The Cowboys play Washington than Baltimore. Really? Yeah. That's Yeah, super and they both fun. have a pretty similar uh, okay, so playoff schedule with Cincinnati. And, um, yeah, so that's, it's pretty interesting. Um, mm, tough call, but I will probably go oh, I'll go with CD Lamb. I was going to go CD Lamb. Yeah. So. I'll go Juju just to spice yeah, it up. That seems nice, but I, I think I'd have to I think I could flip a coin. Very hesitant. <laughs> I would flip a coin too. Um it it is reported that Austin Eckler will be activated off the IR this coming week, so if Carter somehow makes it to the playoffs, his team's going to get a big boost with Austin Eckler back and hopefully Chris Carson's back by then as well. Um, it's just a matter of if Carter can limp to the playoffs because right now he's starting Naheem Hines and Latavius Murray. However, if Carter makes it to the playoffs and those running backs are healthy, 
I do not want to play yeah, against Carter's team. Yeah, this was actually going to be a talking point that I was going to bring up, is every team should probably be cheering against Carter at this point, hoping he doesn't make it, because it, he had such an awesome team and great potential. Those running backs going down is huge, and that's what brought him to the record he has. Yeah, so if you guys would all do me a favor and root against Carter, that would be great, <laughs> because I'm already used to rooting against Carter. Um, jumping over to the other, also, by the way, it's worth mentioning, uh, Andy Dalton, 19 points, pretty decent for a fantasy quarterback. Um, Justin Herbert, however, had 27 for me. Um, since acquiring Justin Herbert, he has scored for me 21, 23, 20, and 27. It's been very nice. My question, however, is do you think that Justin Herbert can keep this up for the rest of the season? He, let me read you his fantasy games for the whole season. Week two is the first week he started. He had 22 points, 14, 23, 27. By week 38, 21, 23, 20, 27. He is currently the quarterback eight without playing in week one. He's been scorching the earth. So now the question is, can he keep it up or do you think he falls off at the end of the season? I think he can keep it up just fine. He's on the other end of that ball being thrown to Keenan Allen, who you're in love with. I think that he'll do just fine. Yeah. I, yeah, I like Herbert a lot through the season. No controversy today. You guys are boring takes. Sorry, man. Herbert's good. Herbert's, he is good. Herbert's, I think he might. We haven't talked about him a lot. We haven't between the three of us. We haven't mentioned his name a whole lot. But he is a dominant quarterback. And yeah, just I never expected not fun to play against in fantasy. Let me tell you, I he's never, another one of those reasons that I took a point loss. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so strange though because I never he really had 49 pass attempts. I never Ooh. really knew that Keenan Allen was good. You know, like my whole life, people told me that Keenan Allen was good and stuff, but he never was good for fantasy I because Philip Rivers sucked. I was about to say this. What I Free might Keenan have Allen. learned from this season is that Philip Rivers. Is just bad. He's not. He's yes, not he bad. is though. He's really, but he's now really bad. He, bad. he was my fantasy quarterback for so many years. I was going to say so maybe way back when. He's yeah. been washed now, for about four years. Yeah, he's been done. He, for four. he shouldn't. He should not be a hot commodity anymore. Josh Jacobs came back down to earth this week. It was a shootout between the Raiders and the Chiefs, but Jacobs was only able to get thirteen points. Not too good. Gio Bernard. Also not very good, nine and a half. I'm pretty nervous about those running backs moving into the playoffs. Just hoping for a big game. But at my wide receivers, however, it's really clicking. Devontae Adams, 23. Calvin Ridley, 14. And DJ Moore, 21. DJ Moore is still behind Robbie Anderson, I believe. Yeah. But he is creeping up there. He's getting there. He is having some huge plays lately. Very, very impressed lately. Of those three wide receivers, of my three wide receivers, which one do you think is most likely to break my heart? <laughs> Over the course of the rest of the season, which one of those guys do you think is going to break my heart? Um, I really think it's DJ Moore. Like, he, his entire, his entire um, productivity is based off of a few catches per game, typically. Seven, yeah, typically. Seven is his second highest again since week two. It's, yeah, I think that DJ Moore is not what he's cracked up to be. But he's also the one I have the least highest expectation, or expectations for. Mm. Uh, Matthew, do you have a pick? I was going to say Ridley. 
Um, I partly because I, I have more in the other league, and because I feel like, oh, when he gets twenty, I'm like, hooray, hooray, this is great, because you just can't always count on that. And so I think there's such a lower expectation for him. So I think if he's hitting 15 on a week, you're like, all right, not bad. Whereas if Ridley hits 15, you're like, oh, come on. Right. You can do better than that, man. So that's why I'm thinking Ridley is because, you know, Julio Jones, as I've, I've learned, is still a big factor. <laughs> oh, and yeah. There's, there's others out there that, that I just think, ah, Ridley has the most potential of being overlooked. He still got nine targets last game. Um, all right. He is definitely, real quick, he is definitely the one that's breaking my heart recently. In the last three weeks, he sat out the last two, but even before that, he had to leave the game early with an injury. So this is his first game back from three games of injury. Hopefully, he can get back in stride. Eli, you're okay. making a bunch of exasperated yeah, faces got, over I've there. What is the deal? I've got some interesting things going on over here because I'm looking. I was trying. I was trying to get an update on the Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore situation. As of right now, on sleeper, Robbie Anderson has 159.1 points on the season. DJ Moore, 149. 149? That's what DJ Moore has. That's my guess. Ro- DJ Moore has 158.4. Oh, I didn't know it's it was that close. It's within a single point between the two of them. Did so that's not pretty know wild. that close. However, rankings, Robbie Anderson is ranked number 14, and DJ Moore is ranked number 13. So for some reason, Sleeper has DJ Moore ranked one spot above him, even though he has point. Seven points less than him. I bet it comes down to points per. No, maybe not. It I might come down to points per game if they that if they have a points per game thing. But that means that I would win the bet because no, he finished he higher score, in the rankings. He did not score more points. <laughs> I yet. know. I'm just joking. Um, that will be really exciting to but, see how that finishes yeah, we'll, up. We'll definitely get some more clarity. But DJ Moore has definitely been trending up. Another yeah. heartbreaker for me, though, but also a very very important game. But I, JK, wait, wait, I think that the DJ Moore trend is going to continue up because they were kind of crap in the beginning of the season and they didn't use him much. Mm-hmm. The more they've used him, the better they're playing. Um, another huge game, very important for fantasy, but also for real-life NFL. J.K. Dobbins had his breakout performance. Mm-hmm. He, they gave him all the work, and he excelled with it. He, got, he only had 18 points, which might it's, it's kind of like... Oh, that's that's okay. You know, not great, not awful. But the real encouraging thing was just to see how much they gave him the ball. Finally, 17 touches for him. Did well. However, quite devastating because he's going to mix miss the game. He got COVID. So why can't I, have I not been, find J.K. Dobbins? He's on my bench. J.K. Also, his name is very strange. Oh, I'm all. looking up wide but, receivers right now. That's probably... Yeah, <laughs> breaks my heart. He got COVID, so hopefully he can come back and they'll still give him the ball. But the nice thing is, so did Mark Ingram. So it's not that Mark Ingram's going to take that job back over. Anyone else in this matchup? The, oh, I, I should also mention this. I made a decision this week... To not play the kicker that was selected for me in this league. I was about to say. Yeah. It was actually an accident... But I did, I chose, I made the active choice not to use my commissioner powers to change it. Like, I didn't mean to. I was debating it. And then because I accidentally played Zane Gonzalez on Thursday, I decided to just leave him in. Because I did not want to play McLaughlin. I was like, there's no way Zane Gonzalez doesn't score more and I might need those points this week. Guess what, folks? Another reason why kickers are stupid, McLaughlin actually scored more than Zane Gonzalez this week. Ridiculous, unbelievable. 
I'll stop ranting, but I made the mistake. I played the wrong kicker somehow. So do we so want to hear that the Waikou? Yeah, yeah, that, let's, let's do that. Let's go into the Waikou for next week. Waikou. I tried to pick Chase. He was nowhere to be found. Let the sick man kick. <laughs> Who is that? Chase McLaughlin. Oh, He's currently yeah. on COVID IR, but he should be back by Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? All right, I'm in. I'll do it. Let's go. I'm done trying to Who be smart. Who is that guy that's Who the heck is he? Yeah, I, Who the heck is Don't he? put he a tight end at your kicker, folks. Yeah. All right, let's jump Got to our next matchup. Point less than Chase stinker game of the week. Jeremiah only put up 73 points against the Cheetah Girls, scoring 117. To quote Jeremiah in the let's, group chat, I played all the wrong players. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's not dwell on this matchup too long because we have a lot to get to. But some important, mostly let's not dwell on it because most these two teams... Although I love the Cheetah Girls, they are most likely eliminated from the playoffs at this point. However, on their team... They are just as much alive as South Coast Angels. Well, points for. So, a little less alive, I think. Maybe not. Check the they points for and let me know. Week. They do play each other? Uh, okay, so it's possible that they're still alive, but both unlikely for them and for Jeremiah and for Elisha. But... Of those three teams, the Cheetah Girls definitely have an impressive team. Derrick Henry put up 20. Uh, the craziest thing to me about Derrick Henry, though, is just how many touches he's had this year without getting hurt. That's crazy. He is, he's a monster. He's man. indestructible. He's indestructible. Well, I wish that I would have drafted him higher, but um, in pastures, that is. And Travis Kelsey also with 10 targets with 26 points, a huge game, 127, and a touchdown. Um, some other big games in this matchup. Nelson Aguilar had a big game on the bench for the Cheetah Girls. Didn't matter. They were able to win it out anyway. But yes, over on, over on um, Jeremiah's side of the ball, he left a lot, a lot, a lot of points on his bench. So which one of those guys do you think is the most obvious mistake that, that uh, Jeremiah chose to sit? Which one of pretty much James White scoring 14 Demir Bird scoring 26, and Ryan Tannehill scoring 21. Which one of you get, those guys is the most blaring I would have started then? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I can't say that any of them are a, a blaring mistake. Out of, out of all of his bench, the guy I most likely play is Alan Lazard, who only walked away with 3.8. Um, I, Matt Ryan had his by far worst game of the season. It was incredible to watch how poorly he was playing. And so I would not have played Ryan Tannehill over him. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think that Jeremiah made any mistakes in this matchup. Um, yeah, so I, I don't even want to choose one to say. Okay, Matthew, do you agree? Were there mistakes made or do you think that this is No, I is appreciated Eli's honesty because I, I was looking at it, I was thinking, well, retrospect, it's easy to say who the big mistake was, but but before the game, I don't know that I would have been thinking, oh, this is crazy. The closest one would have been a debate between Ryan and Tannehill for me that, that I would have debated. But I don't know. But look at how me. well Matt Ryan has been throwing. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't Especially know with Tannehill concluded. going against Baltimore. Right, that's why I said the and closest. I, still, I think yeah. I well would have played Matt Ryan. I'm just saying that's the closest one I do. So I agree. I don't, like, Jerry definitely should not feel stupid for his choices, just disappointed yeah. in what happened. And that that's actually why I asked the question. That is why I brought it up. Because when Jeremiah texted that to the group chat, I played all the wrong guys. I was like, no, you didn't, Jeremiah. Like, I wouldn't even have those. Yeah, some your of those guys played you, man. Yes, like I wouldn't <laughs> even have fool. some of those guys on my bench. Like I would have never started them. So yeah, it's not like, like you made a mistake at all. It's unfortunate how it went for him, though. Um, 
That being said, I remember at the beginning of the season, we watched a Falcons game, and the whole entire game, I just kept saying to Eli, like, Matt Ryan is washed. Matt Ryan is just not good. His throws are just bad. And it, his weapons are so good that it covers up how bad he is. But he's like Philip Rivers bad, almost. Like, he has, they're both just that washed. I think that it is the end of the career for those two guys. Sad to see, but... But uh, on to the next generation of QBs, it seems. Anyone else in this matchup you guys want to talk about before we move on? Quick defense of Matt Ryan. Yes. I wouldn't say he's washed. Not Philip Rivers washed yet. Not Philip Rivers washed. <laughs> okay. Just partially washed. Still like like half washed, so he still has some stains on him? I would say... Not quite washed clean yet? He's, he's got his, his victory lap coming up, I would say. Where just like one one last really solid season, I would say he's still got one of those in the tank. All right, I'll be drafting him next year, and I hope you're right. Let's jump to our next matchup then, and it is an in-house matchup, uh, a pretty tightly contested matchup, and an upset. 118 for the landlord to Matthew, only scoring 107. What the heck happened, man? Tell me about your team. It was devastating. I mean... Let's put this in perspective. Devastating just because, of course, you want to win, this sort of thing. It's not a big deal. I'll make the, the playoffs, and it's fun to lose to, to Eli. Give him that, that win. That's great that he, he gets that. But to see your team, especially so close to the playoffs, to perform this way is very nerve-wracking. Seeing Elvin Kamara and being like, oh, okay, so these rumors of Taysom Hill is going to gonna be it for Kamara that he's not gonna get the ball nearly as much and we're not gonna see this like the thought of that happening moving forward is what's scary I don't care about this loss that's no big deal but but what's just so devastating for you is the is the deal that you made the bet that you put out there last week that I remember is is you you were so certain that you were gonna beat me you said Eli if 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 I lose to you then then I'll give you my record and I said oh I'll take that bet Matthew and so now I'm eight and three. Jokes so. on you, Matthew. You're not Boy, making the playoffs. I can't tell you how stupid I feel for gambling that away. Um, well, talking about get Alvin, after it. <laughs> talking about Alvin Kamara, though, this is a huge storyline, and I don't know whether or not to overreact, or it's just the truth. But let's talk about Alvin Kamara's receiving totals. He really has. He's only had one game of over fifteen rushing attempts. Everything else has been through the receiving game. Here's his target totals. 8, 9, 14, 4, which is low. But then 10, 8, 13, 6, and 8. Mm-hmm. And now 1. Right. All the way down to 1, which is absurd. It seems insane. It seems like a Every, fluke, right? It seems like a thought, fluke. Everybody thought his value came because he was just this amazing pass threat. But I think it might have just because... Drew Brees didn't have legs. It was like, the Philip Rivers thing. Yes, Drew Brees is also Philip Rivers. Yeah, Check down. Check and down. Go. Yep, and now Taysom will just take it himself. That's but one problem. target has to be a fluke, right? What do you expect, especially for you, Matthew, because you're his owner, what no, do you I, expect? I agree, with, I agree with Eli that the whole idea to me is Brees isn't going to run it. So he's, he's there and he's like, sees this, oh, I could just dump it to Kamara, see what he can do. Taysom Hill... I think is excited to run it. It's not just like, it's not just a like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to be the option or something. I think it's like, sweet, I can do this and he'll go. So I don't think that he even sees it as a great option to throw it to Kamara when he could just run it. 
So you're really nervous then? I, I mean, I'm fairly nervous to think, I mean, Taysom certainly still did well. I, it's not like I can say, guys, look how much you suck when Taysom is doing that. Pass it to Kamara. Kamara does better for sure, but the Saints are doing just fine. So it's hard to say. I, I mean, I, I won't not start Kamara, that's, that's for sure. And, yeah. you know, my hope is, is that this was, I don't want to say a fluke, but more of a like, Hey, this isn't sustainable, Taysom. You know, as as the rest of the season goes on, we're gonna need you. You can't be taking all these hits. You can't be making all these runs. Let's teach you to dump it off to Kamara. That's what I'm hoping for. That's, Unless you have Jameis on your say. bench, they have Jameis, so they can't afford for him to get hurt. <laughs> get out there, Taysom. Hurt <laughs> Wait until you're injured. Yeah, man. <laughs> leave it all out on the field. Um, another player, disappointing week. Miles Sanders, only yep. nine points. Um, they're still using him plenty. He had 19 touches on the ball, but. He did fumble, which is never good to see. Had a pretty inefficient week. That being said, Cleveland is a very good defense. So can't put it all on him there. I expect a Miles Sanders bounce back more than I expect an Alvin Kamara bounce back at this point of the season. Mm-hmm. That's where I that's where my opinions stand on both of those guys. Um, some other players here for you. 30 points for Robert Woods. Huge game. 15 targets for him. That's gigantic, obviously. And Young Way Koo. Continues to be a difference Matthew, maker at the kicker position. <laughs> no, did you see? I just kept them both because I didn't know who else yeah. I wanted. I was like, ah, then someone else will get Sanders. Oh. He did pretty well, so Matthew I just kept them both. Also had a ten point kicker on his bench. Well done. Um, but I still played the right one. You're like Mac. Yeah, I, I was making a joke yeah. about it. I, <laughs> no, I intentionally kept it because I didn't need anyone else. Um, man, the, have you guys looked at the dolphin dolphins? schedule against kickers for some reason the dolphins i guess it's probably their defense gets so many turnovers and sets up a lot of field goals but i don't know the yeah dolphins kicker is impressive yeah that's why he's on my bench it is kind of funny i I didn't want to put him back because i didn't need to so i was like then someone else is just gonna pick him up and that is that that, the reason you didn't realize that eli is because there is no logic to Mm -hmm. it there is no reason. Well, he he but consistently it is scores well. But it is true that he gets good scores. Um, one more player to talk about on Matthew's team, another disappointment, Tom Brady. Uh, oh, I, very, this very, was so fun to me because I chose Tom Brady thinking it would be so fun to beat Eli with Tom Brady. And, <laughs> and how'd that work out for you? <laughs> I don't care. Congratulations, Eli. It but did not work. It was funny to me. All right, jumping over to Eli's team. Eli, who do you want to talk about? Tell oh, me about your team. One player oh, okay, I do want to ask Matthew about. Uh, will you play Corey Davis throughout the rest of the year over Christian Kirk? That, that, I hate this position that I'm in because as good as my team is and in so, so many ways, I feel like I'm in the side conundrum of Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, like, and, and Christian Kirk, that these are all, and, and really AJ Green is a fair one to consider. Alshon Jeffrey. That these are actual options. No, not Alshon Jeffrey. I have him there for a just in case, you know, that we're all surprised. But the other ones, I, it just feels like, you know, and really the one that I almost played was Curtis Samuel, um, especially with, with McCaffrey not being in. I was thinking like, oh, this would be a good time to play him. And, and to be totally honest, it was a slip out of me on that Sunday to, to forget that I didn't make the switch and then got busy that day and didn't, um, didn't take care of business. Yeah, honestly, yeah, out of all it. of those, due to the last few weeks, Christian Kirk is, is my last option out of all of those. So I was... I, I was surprised to see him in there. So it makes sense that you just kind of forgot him in there. The only mm-hmm. one that would have made a difference is Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel would have got you the win. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else would not have helped you enough. But that's okay. Nice I couldn't game. have chosen a yep. better person to lose to, I think. 
Probably not. The only one who's eliminated from the playoffs at this point. Yep. Now, speaking of that, Eli, tell me about your team. Um, yeah, I don't really know. There, <laughs> there's a couple players on it. Uh, Deshaun Watson was incredible in this game. It was really fun to watch him pass the ball. Um, Marquise Brown. Uh, he there, was supposedly honk, honk. a wide receiver one. No, that's Des Bryant. Somebody's mind. That's Des Bryant. Yeah, so there was there was a second during this game. I'm not sure if it's it still is true, but the top two receivers were Des Bryant and Willie Sneed. Oh, and I was like, huh? Would you look at that? That's kind of fun. (laughs) Got some weird Um, comeback seasons this year. So, yeah, Marquise Brown. He's probably the biggest question mark to me. Um. Not when it comes to value. His value, low. It's nothing. But just kind of like what happened to him. Because yeah. I still think he's a really good receiver. I think, and, and my fantasy season is over in this league, so I don't care too much about the value there. But I to talk about him as a player, I, I think he's going to go to a team probably during this offseason um, and be a difference maker on that team. Because he is, he's a really, really solid route runner. Um, what I, yeah. I want to bring up... Before we stop talking about your team, is I want to apologize for ever hating on you for playing Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Because once right? again, the Arizona Cardinals stack gets 30 points. I don't know how, it doesn't make sense, but 30 points for the Arizona running backs yep. almost every single week. It, it would have done like better than Nick Chubb for me this week. It so. would have been better than Nick it, Chubb. Yeah, so. it's, it's a weird It's crazy. It's a weird thing. <laughs> it makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. Yep. Yep, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's smart, but it works. Um, oh, the only other thing with my team was the I get a notification on Sunday that says T Hill touchdown, and I was like, when the heck did I get Tyreek Hill? Nope, it was Taysom Hill. I was a quarterback. I literally, it's funny that you say that because as I was like moving my eyes from one side of the screen to the other to look at your team. Mm-hmm. I saw Tyreek Hill, but he was on your bench. And I was like, why on earth did Eli have Tyreek Hill on his bench? And it looks and like a wide receiver yeah. numbers for Tyreek Hill, 24.4. Yes. And you're like, wow, Good why the heck? And then yeah. you see the QB, New Orleans. Because like the, the notification says, touchdown, pass complete to. And I was like, what the heck? Is he threw a pass to somebody else? What the heck? And so it took me a second. But um, Got there the saddest thing to me about Sleeper was that Tyreek Hill did not have the same eligibility as he did in um, the ESPN leagues. Because if he did... Taysom Hill, you mean? Yeah, if oh, Taysom Hill had that eligibility, you can, throw him in the t- you can throw him in the tight end spot. Really? And yeah, so you get That's a 24... That's why we play on sleeper, yeah. <laughs> the Not ESPN. All right, anyone else on this team you want to talk about before we move on? Um, uh, Gus Edwards. Keep an eye on him next week. Yeah, next week for sure. For sure, with all the other running backs cleared out of that room. All right, our last recap matchup to talk about between Balls O' Fury, 127, to Chad Dale, 115. Eli, I want you to tell me about Chad's team and convince me why he's so high in the power rankings. Go. Um, dude, it, it, he is still doing it. The, the narrative that you've put forth all season is that Chad's team is depreciating in value. They have not. They have continued to perform, and they are continuing to put up numbers. Uh, he lost this week, but he had um, a, a lack of production from Julio. Um, 
and I guess Lamar Jackson as well. But he, he easily, really easily could have walked away with the win this week. Um, the Mike Davis pulled out a decent enough performance. Um, Chad is going to need to find somewhere to pivot off of uh, Mike Davis, but probably still not this coming week. It'll probably just be four playoffs. So Chad needs to make the playoffs and Mike Davis could carry him there. And by then, hopefully he has a clearer picture with somebody like David Montgomery or Ronald Jones. Um, um, just question really is, do you up. think Chad will make the playoffs? Yes, I do. All right, quick heads up. Chad has not scored over 120 points since week six. Just went back and looked. Since week six, Chad has not broken 120. So it seems that since week six, his team has depreciated in value. <laughs> Below 120. But 120 is a pretty team, average winning score. The like only if you other break team who has more <laughs> points for than him is Matthew with 15-20 and you, who is, you are three points ahead of him. Right. But it, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, yes. We'll, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. Matthew, even yeah. Matthew, who has that many points on the board for him, still scored 107 this week. That's true. That is true. I will, I'm honestly... That consistency has value. I'm hoping that Chad does not make the playoffs because I think it would be great. Well, it means you're in. Right. It means that I'm in. It means Chad's out. And it means that I was right this whole time about his team. But one thing's for sure. What I hope more... Listeners, do any of the rest of you feel like this is an unnecessary, over-the-top battle about Chad's team, about, about Eli versus I'm sure Kyle. they do, this but is, this I'm is sure fine. This, this is, is so why they listen. This, this is why they listen. Such a big deal. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, had a huge game. Two touchdowns, 20 points. Looking good. I'm encouraged about Clyde. In these last two weeks, compared to how I felt about him three or four weeks ago, I really thought he was dead in the water. But he's, a, he's rebounded a bit. Um, 12 and 20, still not great on the ground, but he's bouncing back. DK Metcalf. He had, he had almost five yards per carry on the ground. So yeah. not, not huge usage, but productive when he got the ball. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I'm much more encouraged. Interesting situation for Chad and his... Wide receivers this week, Metcalf only with five targets, three catches. Julio Jones only with two targets. I think he might have left early. Um, Will Fuller had a decent week, six catches for 80 yards. But obviously all of those guys can blow up at any time, but they have failed to do so in recent weeks. Um, So we'll see moving forward. But my question, one of the bigger questions is after we have seen what Antonio Brown can do and how they want to use Antonio Brown. He had 13 targets this last week. Would you... Be playing Antonio Brown over Will Fuller at this point, or do you still want Will Fuller over him? I, I think I'm on the Antonio Brown trend. You would want Will Fuller to that? Yeah. yeah, I also think I would want Will Fuller. Would you? I it's mean, just the it's competition. Hard. I think both of them are pretty similar caliber receivers, um, but it's the competition aspect. Is um, Fuller is basically going to be competing with Brandon Cooks and. Um, Antonio Brown, a lot of those value targets that he's getting, which are short end zone passes as well, he's going to be competing with Gronk and running backs for. Yeah. All right. Well, over on the other side of the ball then for CJ, he is likely going to be our number one seed after the loss by Matthew. But it's possible that that, uh, CJ might drop one here in the last two weeks and Matthew can come back and get that one seed back. Matthew has his chance to topple him next week. Oh, they play against each other. Mm -hmm. Um. A huge storyline, though. Adam Thielen, 32 points, great game. 
gone with COVID now. I have not read if it's a close contact or not, but he is on the list. So keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens there, but that would be a huge blow to, to CJ's team here. If he does lose one of those receivers, he is stuck playing either DJ Chark or Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. Obviously not good for him. That being said, CJ might have one of the scariest teams when it comes to the playoffs, depending on when he gets David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey back. Not that I think David Johnson is scary, but Christian McCaffrey obviously is. Um, so where, when do you guys expect them to be back? And when they do come back, is CJ potentially the best roster we have in the league right now? Or do you think that Matthews is still better? Yeah, I think once McCaffrey is back, that, that probably puts CJ up there. Um, and throwing the emergence of Kalen Balaj as well. Because um, Kalen Balaj has put, posted about 15 points for, through the last three weeks. That's, that's nothing to wag a finger at. And so uh, to have that as a flex over somebody like Amari Cooper, who has in there right now, uh, is not, not a bad choice. And so uh, Thielen is just a high-risk close contact, so he still could be in. But yeah, the, the, there's a lot of scary, scary names on CJ's roster right now. I agree. I actually think CJ, a full healthy roster, CJ's, CJ's is better. Um, if the full healthy one, I lost a ton when I lost Kittle. That was just a massive shift for, for me. 10, 15, 20 points a game difference for me. And Miles Sanders is not really panning out at the level I would want him to. And now with the threat of Camara getting less, I think that, um, I'm grateful for the season I had, but I'm prepared to say this might not end happily for me. Alrighty, that concludes our matchup section and the recap of last week. Now, like I said, our playoff picture is completely up in the air. Legitimately, teams 3 through 11 could flip-flop in the last two weeks of the season, mathematically at least. We don't expect that to happen whatsoever. Um, but no one's out of it yet, technically, except Eli. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to say it. That being said... I want to just highlight some of the most important matchups that we have coming up, and then we're just going to jump right into our into our looking forward to next week. So some of the more important matchups going on next week to keep an eye on is myself going up against Cy. That's going to be huge, a 5 and 6 team and myself going up against a 6 and 5 in Cy. Um, we have Chad going up against Eli. And so if Eli can pull off back-to-back -back upsets, Chad would definitely be on the hot seat for the playoffs. Um, and then another huge one is between Matt Stroman and Carter Aisbit. Five and six for Carter, six and five for Matt. So we have a lot of exciting matchups going on next week. But then even in week 13, there's going to be a lot decided on the last week. We have, I think, most likely the biggest game, Cy playing Chad in the last week of the season, which could determine which one of them loses their playoff spot. Um, some other important matchups in that final week are going to be, um, unless there can be any come from behind Cinderella stories that are four and seven, um, probably the next most important matchup would be uh, Justin against Matthew, which could potentially be a preview to the championship game based on mm -hmm. the health of those two rosters. So 
Lots to look forward to in the last two weeks of the season. Potentially the most exciting last two weeks of a fantasy football season that I've been a part this of. This is what I was about to yeah. say. Is it's, it's shocking to me that I am the only team that is like, eh, done. Like, And even then, you're only one game done. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's been that way for now two weeks. And so... Yeah, it, it really feels normally at this time is when you're, like, trying to make sure people are involved and, like, hey, even if your team sucks, like, still pay attention, make sure you're putting people in. But it's just been a, a really competitive season, uh, and so it's fun to watch. And look at, if you go in the league and you look at the standings, most people's points for are within 100 points of each other, and that's that's pretty crazy. So very competitive season so far. Yeah, it is worth mentioning that CJ did come back in the in the points four category, he made a couple pretty good trades, so he was very lucky to start the season the way he did. But also, he has that shows what good management can do. He, yeah, he did. He he made some smart moves. He's taken in luck. standard league keeper league CJ not so much. Mm. <laughs> CJ's really taken his luck and then created that into a good season because his roster was not nearly as good at the right. beginning of the year. Can you remember a fantasy football season that is as competitive as this one? No, I'm really excited about it. I think it's very fun. And I, I actually feel sad that Eli is, is you know, really one game out from being in the playoffs still. Because cause it would be crazy to think that all 12 teams would still be in the runnings for the playoffs, but still to have 11 in the runnings at this point in the season is nuts. And so that, that's really fun, and, and it makes it feel like really well-balanced. Um, and why, you know, all season long we've really debated the middle teams in the power rankings for a reason. It's, it's anybody's game. For sure. And it is worth mentioning, you know, I didn't bring up any of their matchups as being the ones that are important in the next two weeks. But there are plenty of very important games going on for those four and seven teams. The four and seven teams right now are Elisha, the Cheetah Girls, and Jeremiah. There are plenty of very important matchups that would obviously have them beating some of the people who are higher up than them. So really, I should not sleep on them, and I will hopefully make an attempt not to moving forward. But we should get into our looking forward to this coming week's matchup in Week 12. We're going to cruise through these a little bit. Here's what I'm looking for. I'll give you the matchup. I want you to tell me who you think is going to win, and then I want you to just pick one player on either of the teams so just one player total talk about from that matchup let's start with you Matthew we got the battle of the one and the two Matthew against Balzo Fury Matthew's projected to handily beat him right now um subject to change once uh CJ actually sets his lineup Matthew you want to start us off who you got in this game and tell me about a player I think I win simply because of CJ's state that can that could change of course and if it does I'd probably switch over to picking CJ, my player to watch hands down is Kamara, as talked about on the show already. Just wanted to see, will he will he show everyone that, like, nope, I'm still in the game. That was just a thing. For one week, I'm back. So uh, keep my eye on him. Uh, I'm choosing Matthew in this match. Uh, player to watch, Josh Allen. Gets him back after his bye week, uh, and he's going to continue his hot streak. And I'm also picking Matthew, but my player is Miles Sanders. I think that this is the week that Miles Sanders... Breaks off some big ones against Seattle. So keep an eye on it. Um, sorry, CJ. Not a lot of faith in you, mostly because Adam Thielen, like we said, might miss the game with COVID. Moving on to our next matchup. Let's jump to yours. Eli, we got the landlord going against for the brand, Chad Dale. Matthew, who you got? I need a second to look All right, at let's it. start with Eli. Who uh, you got? I'm going to choose myself. Um, that's how fantasy works is the 
the stupid things happen. And so um, <laughs> I'm choosing myself for it. Uh, player to watch, Kenyon Drake. He's going to continue his end of season uh, mini breakout. I'm also going to pick Eli in this matchup for different reasons, though. Um, for me, it's going to come down to Chris Godwin. He has the hardest matchup on, of the week against the Chiefs, but I expect that one to be high scoring. Tampa Bay has been putting up a decent amount of points, even with bad play from Brady. So he is the player that I think is going to make the difference in this one. I'm picking Eli. I wanted to pick Chad just as a doing something different, but I'm picking Eli mostly because, you know, he took me out this last week. He's number zero rank in this league. I think he has the power to take out Chad, but more intelligibly speaking, I think that... They that, call me the sniper. That he's, he's shown that Drake is actually someone who can score once in a while now. So that's who your in, players? In the league, yep. Yeah. And so while I'm still not at all a huge Kenyon Drake fan, I would say I have to get my mind in this game of he's still someone who can contribute to the team. So I'll keep my eye on him when he's against a, a stronger defense. All righty. Well, let's jump to, uh, we got that hot firefighter against, oh, by the way, we should talk about Matt, Matt's name. Matt's team name this week is JT, Jalen Tolliver equals worth it. I don't know if we ever mentioned that. So He has since dropped Jalen Tolliver. Oh, so that's <laughs> also obsolete. But we got Matt against Carter here. I'm going to pick, I don't want to say it, but I should be rooting for Matt because I'm scared of Carson. So I'm picking Matt this week, and the player that I think it all rides on here is going to be James Robinson. It's all, for me, a matter of if James Robinson can persevere through a tough Cleveland defense. If he can, I think Matt has enough firepower to pull off the win. Who wants to jump in? I think it's Matt. I think that that Carter's going to continue to struggle with that running back situation, and I think it's enough to give Matt an edge. All right. Uh, with that, I guess I'll I'll jump over to Carter's team and uh, lean over there. Um, I th- ooh, if I'm Carter, the biggest decision that I have to make is probably with um, the wide receiver position, which honestly maybe gonna go with Jacoby Myers um, over, over Juju. Uh, yeah, over Juju. Um, just a thought, nothing, nothing certain, but if Carter, if Carter pulls the right moves there, uh, he will definitely pull the win over Matt. Uh, real quick, don't sleep on Jalen Rager. I know he hasn't done anything all year, but he's finally going against Seattle and he's healthy and he's had a couple weeks to play and be in the system. Don't sleep on Jalen Rager. I think that he could have a huge end of season breakout. I don't think in this matchup, I play him over those other options. Oh no, but if, but if. Jalen Rager, player to watch. yeah. Definitely if Jalen Rager blows up this week and then has an okay game against Green Bay, mm-hmm. his playoff matchups are New Orleans, Arizona, and Dallas. Like great matchups, so he could legitimately explode here to end the season. We'll have to wait and see, though. All right, next matchup. Let's go to Balzo Fury against Saint Peter Bigfoot. Who you got? I'm gonna guess all of us probably have. Justin? Wait, you said uh, you just balls to the, the walls. Balls to the oh, walls yeah, balls to the wall. Sorry. Guys, we need some more like easier names here. <laughs> okay. I think we're all probably picking Justin, but maybe I'll be surprised. Matthew? Uh, I am picking Justin. Ah. Do you want to talk about a player? Um, not really. I think this is just an obvious... Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Jeremiah has some pretty good matchups that he has coming. And th- this past week, if he would have played his cards, you know, 
correctly as we discussed before. No one thinks he made a mistake, but he could have he could have landed a win. And it's not so off to think that that he could pull a win. He can't have a week like that from Gurley again, what he just had. But I'm actually watching Justin's Aaron Jones to see if he kind of gets back into what he had been or if he's just going to keep kind of petering out. The colors on the screen definitely indicate that Jeremiah should win. Every single one of his players has pretty, like, either very good or pretty good matchups. Um, but I'm not picking Jeremiah. I'm picking Justin. And the player to watch for me is actually on his bench. It's Kareem Hunt. If I were Justin here... I would be sitting Deontay Johnson, moving Stephon Diggs up into the wide receiver spot and playing Kareem Hunt in my flex. So I'd be playing Hunt over Deontay Johnson. If he does that, I think there's no doubt that Justin takes home the win here. Um, I'll, I'll, again, I'll pivot off of that and, and go pick Jeremiah. And it's because of what you mentioned. It was the, the matchups. He, he's got a lot of really solid matchups. Um, player to watch, J.D. McKissick. Um, oh, Matt Ryan. Just, just for a little bit of fun. Um, I want to say Matt Ryan, but I'm still upset at him from last week. So, But that's actually a really good call and should be mentioned. J.D. McKissick on Jeremiah's team and Antonio Gibson on Justin's. So those two players could be a huge yeah. difference in this game if Antonio Gibson doesn't get a lot of work. He is questionable. I'm not sure it's, why. I think it's just maintenance. Oh, it is. He just, had a, he just had an off day. So that would be very interesting. So it's, yeah. That's a good pick. Um. J.D. McKissick has that wide receiver upside. He's the pass-catching back between those two. Um, and in a, in, in a game up against Dallas, you're, he's going to get a little bit more uh, looks over the top, especially with Andy Dalton back. That also could be a high-scoring matchup. All right. Um, let's move to our next matchup. We have the Cheetah Girls against the South Dakota standouts. Eli, I know you're going to pick Elisha, but tell me why. Oh, don't even give me some time to put together something oh, fake here. Oh, not yet? Okay. Um, no, 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 I got it. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'm choosing Elisha. Clearly, he is going to dominate uh, the Cheetah Girls. Not only do they have some terrible matchups for their uh, running backs, um, but Tyreek Hill up against Tampa Bay, just going to dominate the entire time. Mahomes is just going to be feeding that man, especially coming off those hot weeks. All right, Matthew? Also, picking Elisha. Uh, I think that Tyreek Hill is the guy to watch here. He's going to score, I think, way more than 15.66 points. I think he'll go well above 20. Yeah, I almost made... Uh, well, obviously, there's still some lineup adjustments here to be made for the uh, Cheetah Girls with Allen Robinson coming back off by. I was going to make a joke and say, like, I always predict the Cheetah Girls wrong, so I pick the Cheetah Girls to win, but I really just cannot imagine they're going to win this week. Like, I just... Don't see a way, unless Derrick Henry really just proves the Colts are fake, but I, there's just no And way it's really it. a big game, as we noted before. Everyone is still in the playoffs, including these two teams, but one of them will not be in the runnings for the playoffs after yeah. this next week. One will be mathematically eliminated after this match. But, on the flip side, one of them will still be in yep, the running. automatically still in. Yes. Uh, I'm anticipating that that is Elisha, so we'll see what happens. However, they're... You never know. There's a lot of flux with uh, with Elijah's team as well when you have big play kind of people like Tyreek Hill. So, all right, and our last matchup, it is the league official against Go Go Power Rankings. Power Rankings. Thank you. I am going to select Eli to tell me who he thinks is going to win first. Smart choice. Smart choice. I don't know. Um, I am going to go with Cy. Um, 
the biggest thing is kind of always what it has been is it's your lack of running backs. Um, player to watch Ooh. in this matchup. Um, I'll go with Tyler Lockett. Bounce, let's get a bounce back week from him. I'm shocked that you Second bounce back week in a row, actually. I'm shocked that you're hating on Duke Johnny J. He's always been your guy, but it seems like you've completely turned your back on him. He's on um, your bench right now, isn't he? Now he's in. Oh, okay. Check it out. I had to switch because... Did you just pick him up? I don't even see him on your team right now. No, he's been on He's in the oh, roster. It switched up there as I scrolled down. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. He just dodged me. Um, so, it is true, though, that... Uh, and that's... I'm picking myself to win, but it, I'm putting a lot of it on Duke Johnson. I expect everyone else to do what they do. But if Duke Johnson can't get his act together and get me at least 12 points, so help me. I'm just going to cut him. He has been surprisingly inefficient. I'm dis. I like when I saw it. <laughs> I think it's really funny. So help me, I'm gonna cut him. The week that would then be after you're eliminated from the playoffs. I'm gonna cut this guy from my roster for the last two regular games. Technically, if I lose this week, I'm nowhere in. close to eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, that's true. But I apologize. So don't nowhere don't call me out. Nowhere close. To nowhere close. Eli, you're close. But I'm no, he's nowhere not. close. He's well, not close. He's technically, not. they didn't give him the little asterisk, like or the little E by his name. So I don't know why that is. Maybe they think the little E. A... I've never seen that. Oh, I thought that when teams got eliminated from the playoffs, it like said that. Uh, oh well. Oh well. Oh well. To. But anyway, I'm gonna make the playoffs. It's fine. Duke Johnson's gonna be great. All right, Eli or Matthew, who do you have and why? <sighs> I'm picking Cy. Um, I'm picking Cy because I think that he's due up basically. You know, we talk about having all his players hit at one time. Feels like it's about that time for it. Um, Henderson is the one I'm most concerned about if he plays a lot or not, and I think that makes a big difference in the game. If he if he gets the, the load, I think Cy wins. If he doesn't, then I think Kyle wins. Yeah, there are uh, there are a lot of very tough matchups for Cy, but that being said, some of his players just don't care who they're playing against. They just explode for no reason mm-hmm. at any given time. So... It will be interesting to see. There will be a lot of drama intrigue going on this next week. So once in a while on Sunday, make sure you pop over to that league tab and just check everyone's scores and see what's going on because there is definitely a lot to keep your eyes on. Um, real quick to close out the show, since it's our Thanksgiving special, um, we are going to talk about some things that we're thankful for when it comes to football. Um, fantasy football, regular football, just going to share some things we're thankful for. So if you don't care about any of that, you can just stop listening. Thanks for listening so far. But you can leave. Um, but I'm going to start us off. The biggest thing that I'm thankful for about football this year is that from the very start of the season, I just was all gung-ho on the Steelers. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick. I was like fully bought in, and they have not disappointed me. And I'm so thankful that they have not disappointed me because I'd be pretty heartbroken so that's what I'm thankful for this year. The Steelers, they're going 11-0 this week, baby. Let's go. Something I'm thankful for in regular football and real football is that we get to have a season. That, that COVID did not stop us from having the NFL season. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, I was thinking something really similar. Um, it was, it's just think back to week one when that Thursday night football oh, came yeah. on. And it was just... Oh, it was it was a bad game, but it was it was still football and it was still great. But also like week two and it almost got shut down. You know, right. like or right. I don't know what week it was, but like with the first COVID scratch, I thought it was gonna be a big deal. But it turns out I didn't think we were gonna make it to week eight. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually thankful that it hasn't really affected fantasy football much either. Like it yep. is 
this is the first week that it's starting to with like J.K. Dobbins mattering and now he's on COVID. Adam Thielen might miss the game. So there's been a few players here and there, like Emmanuel Sanders had yeah. COVID week, but no huge um, names though, which is Cam good. Newton. Yeah, yeah there's some big names. There's, it's been a few, but not, not a lot. Not fantasy not big names though. Like at the time, Cam Newton was one of the number one quarterbacks at the time. He got it like yeah, four or true. five something. He was a big deal at that time, and he came back and was awful. Yeah, I guess I just can't. I don't forget, like, I just don't value quarterbacks as being big-name fantasy players because they're just a dime a dozen to me. But you are right, like, he did matter. So shouldn't tell him that he doesn't matter because Cam Newton, you matter, buddy. Don't worry. Um, that yeah, being said... alienating our listeners like that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. Didn't mean to do that to you. Um, the, the next thing that I'm thankful for is I'm thankful that I started the season with Joe Mixon, but I'm also thankful that I got rid of Joe Mixon, at least in one of the leagues. I still have him in this league. He's on my IR. I'm sad, but I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful How for him. How was he injured for three weeks and then got put then on Then after the, yes, I was so confused as well. But even though it's been a sad end of the season, I'm just thankful for the ride that Joe Mixon and I have been on together all season long. I feel like we've bonded. I feel like I'll probably draft him again next year. Um, that is a good segue into one of the things I'm thankful for. The three-week IR has been a godsend this season. Um, COVID, bar COVID, it's, it still has just been such a valuable thing for teams so that they can bring up, and, and how the uh, practice squad rules worked this year. Just allowing players to get on the field and play, um, but rest when they need to rest has been a really nice uh, function. So I hope that um, some aspects of that can carry on through other through the New Year's, even if yeah. even if COVID is not a thing. Yeah, I I would also say I'm a big fan of that three week IR. I'm going to give two of my things that I'm thankful for because there's a little bit of hand in hand in this with fantasy. So one of them is the listeners to our podcast um, slash um, Matt Stroman's drafting, and the reason I say that is because that draft that he did with the two defenses and of course Jonathan Taylor and his overall strategies and such is such fodder for us to talk about on the podcast and has been all season long and I think that's fun that we have that and I'm like I said then grateful then for the listeners who do it adding to that would be just getting to be a part of the podcast with Kyle and Eli letting me be on the show this year I'm very thankful for that you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> um, it's been good to have you on it's been it, to echo those thoughts yeah it's really cool it's fun it's cool whenever I tell people that we make a podcast for the league and like people actually listen to it you know they're impressed by that so I think what we have in this league is really special so thanks for being a part of it um, I think the last thing about football that I'm thankful for is that I'm going to make the playoffs like oh. I'm so thankful for that I, That that's going to happen so I am thankful. The last thing I'm thankful for is sleeper because even though I'm down and out, it's still fun to be on this platform, watch what they're doing, um, watch the other teams, and watch that uh, probability bar swing back and forth so much. That is true. I really love this format. Um, I'm also thankful to you guys for trusting me as well. Like, it wasn't really this big dramatic thing, but. I'm glad that when I proposed that we go to Sleeper instead of ESPN, that people just hopped on board instead of being like, I don't know, let's just do what we've always done. Because like, now that we've done Sleeper for three years, I hopped back on ESPN to try to help my sister with her fantasy Rough. football league. And I was like, 
dude, I can't even use this website. Like, it's just, it's like, I'm trying to think who listens to this to make sure I'm safe and saying this, but it's like Camp's website compared to like Sleeper, you know? Like, the old Camp Philip website. It's just, it's just not set up right. So, I'm glad that we're, we're on Sleeper. So, all right, any other thoughts, folks? Matthew, you want to add anything here at the end of this? Yeah, episode? still grateful. This is still related, but I, to the um, podcast, but more specific, our guests, Justin and CJ, who are on our podcast. Um, CJ, simply because of the who the heck is Saint Gonzalez, that was so funny. And then Justin, sure, his being a guest, but overall, he's very, very active in our chat. Yeah. And and very funny. His wife beater thing, I think, is hilarious every time. He's just a hey, funny, sure. funny guy who adds a lot to our league, and I appreciate that. Chad should get a shout-out, too. He's very uh, active in the chat as well. Um, really, really like that. Yeah, and um, while we're thanking our guests... That whole chat, I'm just grateful for it. And while we're thanking our guests, we should also thank Cassandra for joining us today. I said at the beginning she wasn't going to fall asleep on the couch, but I was wrong. That's a complete lie. That might have been the hottest take in the season. She yeah. is asleep on the couch as I speak. I'm a little speak. surprised that he thought she wouldn't fall asleep. I thought she was going to read. This man used to date her. And, and then she... That, yeah, barely. But she put her book down, <laughs> and I she's asleep. But also, we should shout out Cameron for also making an appearance on the podcast oh, and also oh, falling asleep on the couch. Guest. She was not a fun guest. Yeah, they both fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> anyway, Eli, were you going to say something? No, I, it, no, it's all right. All right. Um, well, what, I have there to... was one other thing that I wanted oh, to okay. say was um, Brownie Thunder was the flavor of the day at Culver's today. Ooh. That is just like if and I'm And the flavor thinking, of the season. I don't know if that sounds like an appealing ice cream to me. You know, like, I know it tastes good, but, like, someone's like, you want some brownie thunder ice cream? I'm like, I don't know. Probably because like you're intimidated yeah. by brownie thunder. Like, <laughs> yeah, brownie that's thunder. what it is. Intimidating. That sounds scary. Yeah, definitely not the gross factor. I'm definitely just kidding. doesn't sound like the sounds <laughs> that might be coming from a bathroom stall. Right, yeah, no, not at all. All right, I have to get up at five, so I'm going to go to bed. Love Thanks for listening Happy to the podcast, folks. guys. Ho, ho, ho. Christmas is here. Follow us on Thanksgiving.com. Oh, thank you.